Hello adventurer, and welcome to the Skyrim Book Club, the on-the-go solution for the busy adventure in Tamriel's coldest, far-reaching province. Let us collect the literature and lore of this great province for you and put it into a portable package so that you never have to stop fighting dragons, picking flowers, or stealing from shopkeepers when they aren't looking. With an ever-increasing archive, SkyrimBookClub.ca has got the story for you. Until next time, enjoy the book. Response to Beto's Speech by Malvisor Battlemage On the 14th of last seed, an illusionist by the name of Berevar Bero gave a very ignorant speech at the Chantry of Julianus in the Imperial City. As ignorant speeches are hardly uncommon, there was no reason to respond to it. Unfortunately, he has since had the speech privately printed as Bero's Speech to Battlemages, and it's received some small, undeserved attention in academic circles. Let us put his misconceptions to rest. Barrow began his lecture with an occasionally factual account of famous battle mages from Surin Arctus Tiber Septim's Imperial Battle Mage to Jagger Tarn Uriel Septim the Seventh's Imperial Battle Mage. His intent was to show that where it matters, the battle mage relies on other schools of magicka not the school of destruction, which is supposedly a battle mage's particular forte. Allow me first to dispute these so-called historical facts. Turin Arctus did not create the golem Numidium by spells of mysticism or conjuration, as Biro alleges. The truth is that we do not know how Numidium was created, or if it was a golem or Atronach in any traditional sense of those words. Uriel V's battle mage Hassos was not an imperial battle mage. He was simply a sorcerer in the employ of the empire. Thus which spells he casts in the various battles on Ekevir are irrelevant, not to mention hearsay. Biro calls Empress Morihata's battle mage Velok, an accomplished diplomat, but not a powerful student of the school of destruction. I congratulate Biro on correctly identifying an imperial battle mage. But there are many written examples of Veloc's skill in the School of Destruction. The sage Celerus, for example, wrote extensively about Veloc casting the vampiric gloat on the rebellious army of Black Rose, causing their strength and skill to pass on to their opponents. What is this but an impressive example of the School of Destruction? Biro rather pathetically includes Jagger Tarn in his list of underachieving battle mages. To use an insane traitor's example of rational behavior is an untenable position. What would Biro prefer, that Tarn use the school of destruction to destroy Tamriel by more traditional means? Biro uses his misinterpretations of history as the basis for his argument. Even if he had found four excellent examples from history of battle mages casting spells outside their school, and he did not, he would only have anecdotal evidence, which isn't enough to support an argument. I could easily find four examples of illusionists casting healing spells or night blades teleporting. There is a time and place for everything. Biro's argument, built on this shaky ground, is that the school of destruction is not a true school. He calls it narrow and shallow as an avenue of study and its students impatient with megalomaniac tendencies. How can one respond to this? Someone who knows nothing about casting a spell of destruction criticizing the school for being too simple. 
Summarizing the school of destruction as learning how to do the maximum amount of damage in the minimum amount of time is clearly absurd and he expounds on his ignorance by listing all the complicated factors studied in his own school of illusion. Allow me in response to list the factors studied in the school of destruction. The means of delivering the spell matters more in the school of destruction than any other school. Whether it is cast at touch, at a range, in concentric circles, or cast once to be triggered later. What forces must be ranged in to cast the spell? Fire, lightning or frost? And what are the advantages and dangers of each? What are the responses from different targets from the assault of different spells of destruction? What are the possible defenses and how may they be assailed? What environmental factors must be taken into account? What are the advantages of a spell of delayed damage? Biro suggests that the school of destruction cannot be subtle, yet he forgets about all the curses that fall under the mantle of the school sometimes affecting generation after generation in subtle yet sublime ways. The school of alteration is a distinct and separate entity from the school of destruction. And Biro's argument that they should be merged into one is patently ludicrous. He insists, again, a man who knows nothing about the school of alteration and destruction is the one insisting this, that damage is part of the changing of reality dealt with by the spells of alteration. Implication is that levitation, to list a spell of alteration, is a close cousin of shockboard, a spell of destruction. It would make as much sense to say that the school of alteration being all about the actuality of change should absorb the school of illusion, being all about the appearance of change. It certainly isn't a coincidence that a master of the school of illusion casts this attack on the school of destruction. Illusion is, after all, all about masking the truth.